comic fam at the table with the golden age guru a price guide advisor very important words that i want you to be considering today yeah man i mean we finally saw the guide come out this year usually it comes out at uh, san diego comic-con looks like you got your copy already i haven't even gotten mine yet but uh article that i haven't even remembered what i wrote fully but i know it was absolutely amazing i'm sure overstreet price guide they call it the bible it's got a Todd McFarlane cover. This is something that every dealer on the con floor when con season is happening has with them in their arsenal. This is something that I've been purchasing for near decade every year. And traditionally, when we're hitting that San Diego Comic-Con floor, we're doing it with a new Overstreet Price Guide. But this year, with the convention scene the way it's gone, we, we didn't get it. And it kind of came out as as a surprise to a degree you know it's funny because that book gets a lot of negative negativity about it like oh it's no longer relevant you know it's 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 dated it's just do you, ca- pass, do you talk to your like, say do you ever talk to your friends like that like your what? old friend you know how much like time i've spent with this yeah that's, that's just it it's this is an old friend like dude this isn't just like you don't just see your family members you know, say, oh, you know what? I used to talk to him. I used to talk to that uncle. He's cool. He helped me a lot. He got he t- introduced me to a lot of stuff. But you know what? He's a little old now. He's not as funny as he once was. Irrelevant. So, like, eh, who cares about our uncle? A human being. <laughs> no, dude. This is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, you pony up. You buy that book. You have this reference always. It's got a lot to it outside of just prices. Yeah, I understand. You know, the market changes so quickly, daily weekly annually how often are you going shoot where's my overstreet in your life just your gut response how many times have you had that moment in your life couldn't even put a number to it oh man um i would say god currently less i'll be honest i don't use it i'm not as but i've been around these books so much i mean i know it really well but i like in the past for just understanding what's in it for comics and issues i'm looking for Dude, I had that thing near me every day, all day at times. Like it was always next to me as just some type of reference material of what is in this in this run and this these issues. Hey, talk about the Overstreet hustle. All right. When you're on the con floor and one of your buddies is doing a deal, they're in the heat of the moment and they don't got one. You've been there before. Yeah. What yeah. does it sound like? It sounds like, hey, did you bring your guide? Oh shoot. <laughs> is it did you bring your guide? Shoot. Uh uh, Tom may have one. Uh, Tom, we have a oh, shoot. Guru may have a guide. Excuse me, ma'am. I'll be right back with you. This is super important to me, but I got to go and see if the guru has a guide. I go to the guru. You're like, oh, dude, you need a guy. My guide is with other dealer who borrowed it 10 minutes ago. Go f- ask him for it. And then I'm like, yo, here you go, brother. Take this. You it's a, it's like a baton. Oh yeah. Get, you, get it to him. Get it to the dude. You got to write your name on that guy because it will be gone before you even know it. I, oh, you're like, oh, what's the next con I'm going to see this guy at? Yeah, exactly. Like you write <laughs> your name on the guide. And I've had my guide passed around. If I didn't have my name on it, I would not know that that's that's my guide, man. That's obviously it says it on there. <laughs> it's so true. Okay, so we're here today not just to like pump up an overstreet, right? Because this is just something that happens. I got excited. I already opened mine up. I got the hardcover this time because I like the hardcover. It doesn't like fall apart as easily. I kind of got to do that like omni rest, let the pages just breathe a little bit, you know. It, it, it's so cool. But you know what's in here? Two articles. And I was so proud this week. 
Because not only was your article that I've been reading every year for how many years straight now? God, I want to say I'm on my eighth year probably your eighth now. year, man. Every year, Comic Fam, I get to open this and read not just the gurus, but a handful of people that I grew up with who are also advisors giving updates on this industry that I care about very, very much. So I, get, I look forward to that every year. But it wasn't just your article in here. We had Russ from Milgi Comics joining the Overstreet Price Guide panel for the first time. And I was just like, oh, man, of course, this is the year that it gets delayed. Like, I just want to see what he wrote. I purposefully didn't read it until today. And I'm going to save it with him. I'm going to chat with him on the mic. Comic from hit the subscribe button. Because we got more than one Overstreet Price Guide advisor on the show. But we're sitting with the Golden Age guru. And you provided some information. I want to chat about that with you today because this just came out. You haven't even gotten yours. So. I haven't read my article since I had. A, I think I submitted in December. And as everyone knows, a lot's happened since December of last year. Yo, okay. Hit the community with what you are providing the Overstreet Price Guide community. Like, what do you do for this book in particular? How do you have an influence on the pages in here? And, like, how do you, like, see yourself as part of the puzzle of putting this historical documentation every year together. So when I'm writing my article, okay, it's, it's generally pretty lengthy. They wanted a little shorter because it's the 50th anniversary issue. Um, there's a lot of advisors, and they want to sh keep it a little shorter. So it's it's a lot more brief. Usually I have a good probably three pages worth of information there. But I like to discuss what happened in the comic market that year, okay, and its influences, and then what my thoughts are driving forward and expectations for the following year. So I always like to talk about what genres and eras I think are going to be exceptionally hotter than others and also how healthy the market's going to be for the upcoming year. All right. On page 133, seeing my homie here, Jeff Itkin, elite comic source, the golden age guru. And you broke your article up into a couple different parts. And the first thing you did is you chatted about the then versus the now. Last year to this year. So you're keeping up on the market providing analysis year over year for the most consumed price guide in the comic book market. Something here though that I wanted to hit you with to chat about on the mic today was the strength of the market versus this statement here. It was a mighty year for this glorious time frame of comics. You're referring to the golden age, but it also was one of the hardest to enter with confidence. It can be extremely obscure and almost feels like an era lost to time. What were you thinking when you wrote those words? You know, when I introduce somebody to Golden Age, for me, I always have them be guided by somebody they trust because Golden Age is its so unfamiliar to somebody who has no idea or any reference to it. And you will go to a convention and people will look at a comic book wall. They'll go to a convention, look at all these comics, and they'll recognize all these comics, all these superheroes they know. But what you don't recognize, you almost gloss over. And most of that's going to be the golden age because you see a title and it's just like static or white noise. You, you just pass right through it. You don't even notice it. And that's the problem with golden age. If you don't know what you're getting into, you can get burned very, very easily. And it's an expensive lesson. So that's what I'm referring to. It's a great, great time frame to collect comics if you know what you're doing it's so there's so much to love because it's such a long time frame we're pretty much talking from even as early as 1935 if you want to look at it to about 1955 okay so that's a long time we're talking 20 years of comics and titles so 
always try to get some advice from somebody that you trust if you're going to jump into the golden age. It's super, super important. But I tell you, it's worth it because once you get into it, it's hard to go back. I can't agree more. The golden age is filled with so much information that's even yet to be uncovered. There have been times where you've brought like additions of comics that weren't even on the census and known to even exist to the comic book market in the last year. And we're chatting about books from the 40s. There's always new stuff being learned about some of these books. Artists being unveiled as the actual true creators of a cover or being debunked as the cover artist. And, you know, if this is the type of information you guys like, hit that like, hit that subscribe. We're always going to be reporting on stuff like this and bringing, you know, really deep in the know type of um, observations uh, for the comic industry. Got to protect that historical record, my friend. And something I want to bring up based off your article is something that you like to bring up on the table a lot. You've been on the show for over a year, man. It's been really good. It's been nice having you here. been learning a lot about not just Golden Age because you are affluent in the Silver Age and the Bronze Age as well, but something that you definitely made sure that I understood was that the Golden Age was a lot larger than people believe and that if anything, you could separate the era oh, actually to, to two completely different eras because they are so different. And you bring this up to me privately a lot. And that's the atomic age. That's the power of the atomic age. The possible just underestimated era of the gold. And sure enough, I'm looking here at the bottom of your article. You have a whole section about it. And you say, I'll quote here, that the atomic age is the twin sibling to the golden age. One that was born two minutes later and isn't as old as the firstborn, but grows up just as cool, but with an edge to them. Can you talk about that? This is not the first time I mentioned the Atomic Age because for the last couple of years, I've consistently seen growth and it's, a, it's been a very good entrance point into the Golden Age. Now, Atomic is that little section of time between 47 to about 55 uh, of the tail end of the Golden Age, okay? And it's more, like when I said edgy in there, I referred to it being more violent because of the crime being more violent. There being horror covers, more racy kind of romance covers like less that, patriotism and war at this time right right no more heroes aren't the forefront of comics anymore okay that's people have have kind of grown into something different a little a little edgier okay so that type of field for comics has become very very hot and now we're seeing that even more so this year with war comics beginning to to expand into the market and the interest levels peaking even higher and prices reaching new highs every single day. And since we're on the Atomic Age subject, of course, we need to chat about a couple artists that you were chatting about a year ago popping that you could expect to see more room on. And I'm looking at names like, of course, Frazetta, but you also put Matt Baker on here. You are a diehard Matt Baker fan. What was the market like for these fine artists? I mean, you're naming some greats there, okay? When we talk about Matt Baker, he's synonymous with romance. So you're definitely seeing the um, super highs on the higher end for his books now. He's kind of plateaued, but the interest level is there. That's like, probably a sign of the interest level being there. Yeah, it like plateaued. it's always uh, a book in demand. 
And like I mentioned, on the high end, you're definitely getting new numbers all the time. And his Phantom Lady run, that is just consistently going into the stratosphere with their numbers. For Zeta, his famous funnies is hitting all-time highs. And the demand in that is just ridiculous. Like, it's not just about how revealing or gut-wrenching the cover is. There is an interest in the people behind the creative team. Exactly. And again, LB Cole, another name. When we're seeing his horror and sci-fi stuff reaching ultimate highs... I mean, I'm talking like ridiculous highs, especially right now. We've had sales just in the last week of books that sold for maybe, there was one specific, Suspense 11. I'll give that to you, okay? This book was an 8 or 8.5, all right? It would have sold for probably 4 to 5K last year, and I think it just sold for almost $12,000. I mean, this is what we're talking about. These numbers are, and these artists are becoming so collectible and so synonymous with genres, okay, that that's just birthing this this legend to each one of them war comics right now i mean again another thing that i mentioned is just hitting all-time highs you have um violent covers flamethrower covers okay just great tone covers just classic imagery and alone it's so hard to get high grade war covers because they were all generally red and beat up and so if you see that stuff when i say high grade i'm talking like seven five I mean, that just tells you how difficult these books are. So one of the things that I know about this article is that you had to have finished it months ago, and there was a delay to this. So I imagine that you had to submit this prior to pandemic. So in your closing, you mentioned projecting a pretty strong year. You're just going to keep pushing sellers to buy these genres of comics within this era. I'm curious, now that times have changed pretty quickly at the start of this year you know how do you feel like things are going now what do you has this changed and you know is there an update to this that you'd like to make i really can't make an update and i will tell you when covid first hit there was concerns because all these cons were canceling assumed that the market's going to get weak financial sorrow and woes for the, the nation and which is going to spill over into comics obviously because it's just it's not where your extra money is going to go yet all i have seen is consistent growth, and more so than I saw it in a healthy year last year. And we don't even have movies, okay? Yet we're still seeing this this like massive rising of value in prices, especially in the golden age. And just like I laid it out there, the atomic age, and I'm telling you that highs on war comics, the highs on horror, the highs on crime, all right? Romance, it's just, it's the era that you're gonna most likely be able to get into easiest and it's still really appealing because you can relate to the shock value of a crime cover or a horror cover or even a war cover. You know, some of that horror stuff or the hero stuff in the early gold is so obscure with the characters and maybe the artwork isn't as appealing or just the idea or the design isn't great. But with the Atomic Age, I think it's just a nice transition from Silver Age to take a little step to, to Atomic Age. Comic fam, we got two different Overstreet Price Guide advisors on this show. I thought it would be good for moments like this because as the market moves, as we see things change in the industry, it's going to be important to get your guys' take on what's going on. So we're going to have to bring this back to the table and chat more about it. Comic fam, let us know in the comment section below. If you have any questions for the Overstreet Price Guide advisor, either one can source multiple comments. And, you know, as always, geek responsibly. <laughs>